listening to another episode of A Mindful Moment. I'm your host, Will Nichols. And thank you for taking a moment to be mindful with me. Uh, Today is the cancer season forecast where we're going to be discussing all the beautiful uh, energy of cancer and what that means from a general uh, perspective, as well as looking at the individual transits and uh, and taking a look at all that fun stuff as well. So without further ado, this is the 23rd episode of A Mindful Moment, and uh, let's get right into it. So cancer, first of all, let's just say that I think that Brent and I are probably the most equipped to talk about cancer out of any astrologer, period. So um, Brent, what is your astrology what are your big three <laughs> well okay well my big three are uh i'm a cancer sun leo moon and i'm technically a 29 degree cancer rising so yeah those 29 degree risings you can't trust them <laughs> yeah you really can't because it messes with the whole like house system and yeah, it does it like puts it right on the edge of like cancer leo so sometimes i'll you know lie and get away with my leo rising but um I also have a sidereal cancer moon and like a cancer stellium, basically my sidereal. So um, for those Vedic astrologers, astrologers out there, like that's the uh, that's the core of it. Really, it's like <laughs> looking at the the soul centered side, and then I've got this like cancer stellium in the first house. So for me, like I'll like look at something and I'll just like tear up, and then I'll laugh and I'll start tearing up, and then uh, I'll be like, <laughs> you know, it's like all of the emotions are. Um, it, it's not that they're overwhelming, but they allow me to be more connected to things because of that and that's what i really like about cancer oh yeah and i have a cancer moon as well and uh, my girlfriend is like a quadruple cancer (laughs) and yeah i've just always been around cancer moons as well and uh so yeah we can speak from experience uh and not just from astrological uh expertise when we discuss these topics uh because yeah this the like i would say the energy of cancer is a very prominent uh, energy that I have meditated on a lot and thought about a lot and uh, experienced a lot of that as well, uh, both interpersonally and uh, outer personally. So, yeah, I mean, the nature of cancer. So, cancer is the sign of the crab, which we will get into as we talk about uh, the kind of archetype. But cancer is the mother. Cancer is the, it's the, the 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 real start of uh the human cycle begins in cancer the start of everything begins in aries because aries is the first of the zodiac but the the real birthing process of what it means to be incarnate what it means to be a human what it means to begin that journey of initiation that's cancer so when we get familiar with the energy of cancer we're getting familiar with the the starting point we're getting familiar with where did we start where did we start? Nice. We got a sidereal cancer sun. That's dope. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm a Pisces sun if in sidereal, I think, uh, Aquarius, an Aquarius, Aquarius rising. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think I have a Gemini moon, which is interesting to think about. But, uh, anyways, I have a Gemini fourth house. So if I, if I look at both <laughs> systems, it, it kind of <laughs> checks out pretty good. But, um, so yeah, the the energy of cancer is the birth, it's the mother, it's the it's the beginning of creation. Like real 
uh, conscious creation. So when when we are just a part of creation, but we have not yet become conscious of that, uh, those are kind of lower stages of consciousness. If in the grand scheme of things, you know, it's all part of the infinite experiment or the great experiment, which was for the infinite creator to perceive itself through as many ways as possible and know itself through as many ways as possible and as many experiences as possible infinitely and uh, and we are a part of that and that process where we begin to become uh, conscious of the fact that we are a unique expression of the the divine made infinite through our uh you know the temporary vessel that we occupy during this time. And that is the beginning of a long cycle. You know, these cycles are are long, like initiation periods that we go through as human beings are, are eons, you know, eons. It's not like this is not our, for most people, it's not our first time here, you know, and much less our first time incarnate as a conscious being. So, Cancer is the birthplace of all of that. You can see cancer as as the as the mother giving birth, you know, and the the waters of of Pisces, the waters of Neptune, are uh, is the womb. It's the it's the incubator. It's where it, all creation begins in that void of nothingness, and then we are birthed into somethingness, and that is that shift. We're going from a mutable season to a cardinal season. Cardinal seasons. This is the time when we can really begin anew. And in this season, as we started with right on the solstice, a crazy eclipse in at Cancer. zero degrees too. Zero like it's, degrees it's, it's right at the beginning. And I've been feeling lately like this is a, a mass rebirth. And I don't like to use that word like, you know, like uh, most people use these no, spiritual it terms is like manifesting. It's yeah. overused, <laughs> of course, but it really is a good way to think about it because at zero degrees cancer, it's like you have the ability to envision whatever you would like to put forward retrograde season or not. Right. It's like, if anything, that should only help us to get uh, closer down to the real thing that we actually want rather than this illusionary Pisces energy that we have been in with Mars and Pisces, for example. Uh, I don't want to get too off topic from the start. Will, but I want to ask you, have have you ever heard of this concept called the Orphic egg? The Orphic egg. It might be called the cosmic egg or something like that as well. Uh, the the channel Kurgigsack on YouTube, it's difficult to spell, they have this video called the egg, and it's a really good representation of what this Orphic egg is. And it reminds me of, of cancer energy because it has that womb element to it. Um, mm-hmm. But essentially, it's like, energetically speaking, it's like when your masculine and your feminine energy come together and they... It's almost like they uh, they fertilize each other, and then within that, it feels like an egg of an experience, like a, a swirl in our womb, like male or female, because uh, you can have this. And within that, it's like you can birth intentions, you can birth babies, you can birth relationships, you can birth new projects. And it, each of those themes has that same egg-type uh, beginning or egg origin, and since I, you know, as such a heavy cancer, I've been experiencing that where I've been realizing what to start a business is like having a baby. You know, it's like a lot of times we can even start businesses and we think that's the hard part, but really the hard part is like maintaining it and like raising it and growing it. It's not so much the idea as much as it is the, um, the overall motherhood process, but it's so interesting to see how cancer starts from the egg 
and then ends up into the field of motherhood, which mm-hmm. is just, uh, I don't know, it's called the Orphic Egg. If anybody's interested, you should go look it up. Yeah, I mean, that concept to me, I like that's that's kind of the archetypal like mother and father, you know, uh, whether you want to see it as like mother and father God coming together to create uh, consciousness, you know, mm-hmm. or like the the father sky, mother earth, you know, they, there's many different, I guess, uh, kind of ways of, of explaining and expressing that in different terms. But the, the concept remains the same, which is that there is a birthing process. And so we do see cancer as a feminine sign because it represents the mother and it represents uh, the whole like nourishment process of being able to nourish uh, essentially a seedling to a fully developed conscious sentient being. You know, and that process of motherhood and of raising a child or or giving birth to something, because it's not always physical. I'm using this as an analogy, but it's a like, you know, there's going to be cancers out there that won't have kids and that's okay. But what matters is the birthing process, which you're doing all the time and you're in mm-hmm. that birthing cycle now. I would say this is like the, the, the final wrap on these kind of long-term uh, uh, seeds that we have been planting, uh, both within ourselves, within you know each area of our life. I, I went into detail. I made a video about it, uh, on which is available on YouTube, which you can go check out uh, about what where it kind of occurs in each sign and 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 how that kind of plays out. But when we see this process of 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 rebirthing, as we see with the starting the season off with the eclipse, like this is all really giving us that zero point reset of okay this area like this the way that i kind of the analogy that came to me which is like the most straightforward way of saying it is like it's like you've been leaving that pile of laundry in the corner and you haven't done anything with it for months you know or there's that dark corner in the room that you just is just messing up the whole feng shui of the place you know it's a problem but you haven't really dealt with it head on you know and because of that well it's causing some problems it's causing some fear it's causing different uh uh feelings of 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 uh stagnancy within other areas of your life and that's that sheltered nature of cancer which as we go through the podcast we'll talk more and more on uh but that's the that's the idea of the embodiment of cancer the the because even for a cardinal signs like cancers are not necessarily a sign that is uh is going out and and doing things in that regard a lot of that process is more of an inner process meaning going out and doing the the like rearranging the the things of the house in order to make you feel good you know and i mean that both in a physical sense and also a non-physical sense so Mm -hmm. when you have this idea of cancer as you know it cancer is the great mother but it's also in many ways the great organizer you know because there's a there's a organizational property uh that's associated with with the moon and the moon cycles which if you're a cancer you have cancer dominant energy you are more deeply connected to to the moon you know we all have uh a, a house of cancer which uh means that we are all able to connect to the the moon and of course we feel the moon in different ways and certain moon phases are more important to some of us than others but as a cancer and when we're talking about the energy of cancer because of that cyclical nature that's it's like the 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 universal organization that is taking place and so that doesn't always look straightforward 
like we see within like Virgo or uh, or more analytical type of like air vibes as well. We don't. It's not. It's not in that way. Uh, it's in a way that is comforting throughout the the whole process. And the big journey of of Cancer is learning how to uh, organize the house in a way that makes them feel good about being there and not uh, not dimming your light, you know, because a lot of times we lock ourselves in our own quarters and, and we kind of, you know, the the light within us isn't growing. It's in periods of darkness. It's in periods of where we have some, some things to take care of, some shit to deal with. You know, it's in those moments that we like to isolate and we like to lock ourselves in in the cavern, in the cave, you know, in the in the man cave or or the woman <laughs> cave, you know, uh, wherever your kind of escape zone is. You know, that's why I don't I don't like when people put so much uh, emphasis on on the Piscean escapist nature because it's a it's a water nature to to mm-hmm. to run away, to to move away, to to be moving. You know, water is always always moving in that regard so uh yeah it's not just pisces cancers do that in their own way and that and that type of uh, archetypal energy it's like how does the mother isolate well the mother isolates still with the the child because you know any mother knows that uh when you birth a baby you know it's not going anywhere anytime soon you know it's sticking around and uh all the time and you have to get used to that. And that's the same thing goes to when we're birthing ideas, when we're birthing new new visions for, you know, what we're trying to create in this world or we're birthing new relationships or we're birthing new a new job or whatever it is that you're desiring to bring forth, you know, more creative expression uh, or a deeper sense of love within an already existing relationship. All these things, these intentions, these seeds that they do begin as seeds. When you water them, and that's the nature of, of the mother and energy it's to water the seeds to fertilize the seeds to 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 incubate the seeds and in that process birth new life and that's that nourishment too so we see cancer ruled by the breasts what are breasts you know breasts are nourishment it's the it's the connection to uh to to fuel you know the the divine fuel the divine liquid amrita you know nectar of the gods this is the the source of nourishment for all of us from you know for the first uh, few years of life you know so in this same way, when we're birthing our new projects and we're isolating with that vision, if we lower our light, if we if we dim our light, or if we isolate ourselves in a place that is not conducive to the expansion and growth of our light, we become the crab. We become the crabby crab that is just pissed off and it's got the pinchers out and it's, <laughs> you know, under a rock and don't you dare lift up the rock, you know. Uh, I'm going to stay right here, right? And that's like... That's that type of nature that is the uh, underdeveloped nature of of cancer, or the 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 kind of child nature of of cancer, where they just kind of want to be left alone with the people that they love, and uh, and the world can fuck off, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but as as we as you grow, you realize that I can make my environment uh, a lot more. Uh, beautiful. I can I can do my best to create an environment, and I mean not just your house. I mean your life, but usually your house is represented by your life, you know. But uh, but your life. How can you create that life to to match the 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 ideal vision, which is expressed through your own light, to 
to the point where you feel comfortable radiating your own inner light wherever you are. And that's the truth of cancer is it's not that home is a singular place. It's that home is a state of being. And that state of being is conducive with the full radiance of your light. And in that process, that's the transition from mother to father of of cancer to Leo, we see that growing of that light by creating the right environment for that light to be nurtured, for that light to to radiate. And in that growth, we become, you know, the radiant one, we become the illumined one. And we we experience that deep, uh, deep awareness of our own purity, our own light, our own divinity. And that's the magic of cancer. And that's the real birthing process. And if you talk to you know, you look at any cancer, they do that in various ways. We all do that in various ways. Uh, but it's it's interesting to pay attention to the ways in which cancers tend to nourish uh, and, and contribute to the growth of and then, you know, the the entity or whatever it becomes, becomes its thing. And it, it either becomes something that is harmonious with the life of us or it becomes something that's disharmonious with the life of us, which is just more lessons being unfolded at the end of the day one thing that i really like that that you pulled that you called on that i think that we should dive into is the the nature of feng shui because there's this quote that changed my life as a cancer which is you make the room and the room makes you and there's such a truth to that because if you if you have any sort of like even spiritual background at all and if you make an altar there's you can leave it wherever and you can still connect to it if you leave your house and it's dirty your mind stays dirty if you but you know if you clean your room and you leave when you return home it's like it's like you want to be there it's like that space is is calling to you but when you're out in public and your room's messy it's like it's somewhere deep in your subconscious that it's it's still affecting you it's you're still connected to that physical room you know and even if you have if, even if you sleep on the streets, there's something that you connect to that you would consider home, which I think you would argue would say it's in the spirit as well. Mm-hmm. But recently I went to one of my friend's house and this guy's like next level with his, uh, you know, his crystals and his organite and, and his altar room. It's, it is so highly vibratory that it makes its own binaural beats out of it. And for me as a cancer, when I experience something like that, I'm like, that's the Piscean side of cancer that is the higher side of cancer, which is realizing that when we are in a comfortable space, we're also in a space of being able to flourish, right? If we're not in a comfortable space, we're just going to think about it. We're just going to let it eat us up. And this is true even like with raising children with cancer. It's like, you know, think about two environments where you raise a kid where there's you know, rusty nails everywhere and just like, you know, the floorboards sticking out the floor and versus like some kid who's getting raised in like the Hamptons, you know, like there's a difference of a quality of life. And I think that's an important theme here. And I would imagine that with this zero degree new moon that's coming out, a lot of people are going to be looking at their settings, the external world that's going on, whether it's their city, whether it's their local neighborhood, whether it's their own house, and they're going to say something needs to change. And even for me, I'm like, you know, the cancer season's coming around the corner. I'm getting ready to like do all sorts of projects, maybe even like get a van and be able to travel and go around. For me as a cancer, it's like when cancer season comes around, this is the best part is that, uh, you know, it's like being my season, 
everybody else is so confused and being a cancer allows me to shine the light that I wish that I could in other seasons. So you're right about that. Uh, there is a comfortability behind it. Totally. So. Totally. Yeah. And like, you know, and uh, you, you said that it was a, it was like a Piscean, uh, the Piscean nature of cancer, but that's just Neptune, you know, like that's, mm-hmm. that's just like that, that Neptunian point where you realize that, you know, the things that you're craving in the, in the, the local, small microscope of the cosmos that you can you occupy and you see uh there when you connect to what is beyond that that's that feeling of home that's that feeling of being Mm -hmm. sustained you know that's like you're back you you have that umbilical cord again and you're back with the womb with the mother uh because at the end of the day that that has never uh not been but it rather it's like your recognition of that is what has uh, what has either you know helped assist you or helped hinder you, and when you feel hindered, when you feel disconnected from that, like a lot of times, you know, um, cancers can actually have not so good relationships with their with their family, with their mother, with their with their parents, uh, because part of that is realizing that it's not always about the physical. Uh, your physical parents and not about always about mm. your physical lineage and your physical reality of what you believe home is but rather it's the the how deeply connected you are to the outer world how deeply connected you are to the to the full extent of of all that you are because what you think you occupy is like the the tiniest little fragment of what actually you radiate like the the true you know, depth and, 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 and range of, of your beingness. Like you literally impact the entirety of, of the all that is through everything that you do. And, and, and knowing that, that connectedness, which is hard because, and I can relate to this on a deep level. Like I said, I have a cancer (laughs) moon. I know what this is like when I say, you know, it, it doesn't matter if you're around people, you can still feel lonely. You know, it doesn't matter if you're literally being held in someone's arms or you're literally holding someone or you're 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 beside the people that you love if there is that element of loneliness like in there it's going to come up no matter what so this whole and this is a big theme for cancers is this whole idea of of chasing this this ideal home of what security looks like when i have these things when i have all this stuff in order then i will be able to feel secure and know that i'm you know, part of something bigger and know that I'm connected and feel connected and feel loved and feel like I'm, I'm, I'm a part of, of something bigger than, than what I am, which is the feeling of family. So, uh, you know, a lot of times you have to go through many, many moments of realizing that it's not the physical connection that actually gives you that. It's the non-physical connection. That's where we get into that deep, you know, intuitive side of, of cancer and of water signs where, where now we have that, that connection with, what is beyond the the senses you know and you see children that are you know uh children come into this world like that you know and it's just our our programming and our beliefs and our conditioning and our upbringing that it either helps to reinforce those uh those muscles or to kind of deactivate those muscles and we have to you know learn how to do that again in the in the future so it's the the journey of cancer is learning how to nourish thyself through uh, not through the physical, but through through the 
the non-physical because the physical there's a limit to how much you can be nourished by it because it's just reflecting you so so long as you feel like you're not fully connected or you're not fully you know on the right path or you're not fully you know feeling like you have a lot of value you have a lot of love uh, to give and to receive or you're worthy of receiving that type of love and, and affection all of that so long as you feel that way it doesn't matter what you do in the outer world you know it's like it, it doesn't matter how you organize your room it doesn't ha matter what types of relationships you have in your life it doesn't matter how conscious you are or how non-conscious you are what matters is how connected you are to that essence and if you are connected to that and there's no faking it like you can try but it's a it's a temporary stimulus you'll get that little hit from you know d changing something out there or you'll get that little hit from getting something new happening new relationships new experiences new uh living situations all you you get that hit but it won't sustain and you'll always be chasing that 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 thing like a like a drug addict you know and uh because it it it's not out there and you know that you know that's why you're chasing because we chase when we know that there's something to run from you know and that something to run from is what we actually need to face and that 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 process of actually facing that that process of actually coming to terms with the fact that the only uh representation of what home is for you what safety is for you what security is for you what love is for you what nurturing is for you the only uh supplier of that is you the only supplier of that is you. And everything that you see reflected back to you is just showing you more of what is within you. So when, you, when you're looking at, oh, well, like, you know, I, maybe I don't love myself that much, but I have, you know, a partner who loves me very much. It's like, okay, but <laughs> they're just showing you what you love about yourself, you know, and they're just reminding you of that. And so the, the, the challenge with cancer is learning how to get out of that rut get out of that rut of relying on that outer stimuli uh which is very much a, a cardinal thing you know it's a very cardinal trait to to rely on some stimulus beyond the the highest vision of focus for that archetype uh in order to escape <laughs> becoming that you know in order to escape uh fully fully embodying that so you know when we can when we can get to that point and that's like centeredness that's mastery that's the beginning of like feeling really good about everything that we are and all that we're doing uh that point is where everything changes and the light grows and uh you you begin to create the the ideal home environment that the it's like you know the thing that you're chasing so much happens when you choose to to recognize that you are wholeness and wholeness lives within you and that there's nothing out there that's adding anything to you. It's just what you're perceiving or what you're allowing yourself to, to perceive and what you're allowing yourself to, to welcome in. So yeah. <clears throat> I just want to add though, that whenever I meet a cancer that I, is what I would consider highly evolved, it's usually because they have first made the switch from relying on all of those external little tidbits of, of I, need, I get love for my girlfriend, I get good feelings from this drug or whatever it is. As soon as the, the cancer can make the switch and say that my emotions don't actually control me, but they enhance the experience rather so, then that's whenever 
the empathy becomes like we we have to first step into the emotional realm discover what it really means and what like what it's really doing to us and then we return back to the physical realm with our empathy to be able to uh, give people something that's practical and not something that's based off of um, you know some emotional pit that we fall into and we start blaming others for all of our problems and it's interesting that cancer follows Gemini for that reason because we're faced with that mirror self and other people where they show us ourselves and you know if you read any of the psychoanalysts they say that things that you don't like about other people are only reflections of what you don't like about yourself and following that season we can actually learn from Gemini season we can learn from all the things even in the wider world going on right now what we don't like is a reflection of what we don't like in ourselves as well. And because of that, we can actually begin to heal some of those things with this zero degree new moon. Do you want to talk for a second, Will, about what we're coming out of and what we're going into right now in terms of maybe even in the wider world and the, you know, just personal transits? Like, let's give some context for what's about to happen this month. Well, this is the final wrap up of the Cancer uh, Capricorn nodal axis. So this last uh, eclipse on the uh, the fifth, I believe, yeah, the fifth is uh, is the final the final run. So we're not going to see this energy for another eighteen years or so. So so that's a long time, you know. And we haven't seen this energy since for. I think it was like the last uh, cancer eclipse was in like the early 2000s. So, you know, we're what we're experiencing now and this whole rebirthing thing that we're talking about, this whole uh, something is being reintroduced to our consciousness that is no longer conducent with where we're going. And this is the final realm to, in a sense, first birth that out first get it out in the open see it as it is see see it for what it is and then with this uh lunar eclipse that we experience on the fifth in capricorn that's that final you know cut the cord to to whatever uh ties we have been allowing ourselves to be tied down by and fully uh birthing that new that new new idea that new in insight that new vision which we we then experience through the nodal axis of of gemini and, and sagittarius mm -hmm. and the eclipses that we'll experience over the next two two years through through those guys so that's a that's a big deal you know that's a big deal and uh it's like you know you have to you have to reshape the habits and you also have to know where you're going so we know where we're going like you know, by getting that straightforward vision for what it is that we're craving for ourselves, what it is that we're desiring to experience for ourselves. And then we have to look at the habits and look at the, the way in which we have been operating and say, what needs to change here? You know, what needs to change? Cardinal energy is that start energy. It's like, okay, this needs to change. Okay, well, we'll change it. That's that mutable season that we just came out of, that mutable chaos that we just, you know, ensued. And we're, you know, I have to say the first week of cancer season is the big bang. 
It's like it every is, two yeah. days something is cra- something crazy happens. It's like boom, we have the solstice and the eclipse, and then the next day we have uh, Neptune retrograde with uh, Jupiter and Pluto meeting in uh, in Capricorn as they're retrograding back together. And then the next two days, uh, Venus goes <laughs> direct, and then two days after that, Mars enters Aries. You know, and then like I think like five, not even five days after. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's just crazy. That that first week is like wow. Okay. Wow. So what we're coming out of is is this uh, this stirring of the pot, and then this last little bit is like the sifting process. You know, it's like okay, we stirred all this shit up from from the surface. Now we got to skim it off, and now we have to do the final you know skimming because we won't be able to do this again. Like I said, this won't happen for another eighteen years. So these themes too that we work on now, the ROI of them, this is like an eighteen year cycle that. We will go back and revisit, but it'll be in a different way if you learned. <laughs> you don't <laughs> want to be repeating the same cycles for 18 plus years. You know, that's a telltale sign that you are not learning to the extent that you could be learning the lessons that you are creating for yourself. And that's a big problem because you're, 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 sta- you're getting in your own way. You're stagnating your growth. You're stagnating your development. Um, so, yeah, what we're coming out of this chaos where it's just felt like everything's being stirred up. You know, it's one thing after another. And we, we really saw <laughs> that with, uh, you know, with this whole Venus retrograde uh, cycle, which, you know, are very much linked to, to human social events and stuff like that. So when we're very much seeing this, like a lot of divide right now, you know, a lot of divide. It's either this or that. You're part of this or part of that. You're wearing a mask or you're not wearing a mask. Mm-hmm. You're... Oh, Black Lives Matter. Oh, you don't you don't agree with that? You're in the gutter, you know. So there's all these different uh, dualistic perspectives that are emerging right now in an attempt to divide. And you know what a what a beautiful kind of season to come out of and into through mm-hmm. this lovely you know Cancer energy, which can really get us you know, back to, to, to nurturing the aspects of ourself that need to be nurtured, feeding that, feeling that in the right capacity, giving it the right environment to grow, and then watching it grow, you know? So, I'll, you know, and, and no eclipses are not time to plan and get the vision necessarily going and right. be doing, you know, magic and that type of stuff. But it, it is a time to, to get really clear, you know, solar eclipses especially, they really illuminate the areas of your life that, hey, you know, this is unclear. This is not happening. This is not good. This needs to change. And, uh, and you know, lunar eclipses do that, I would say, more on an inner, uh, on an inner plane. And they really illuminate the, the, the emotional links that we have to the initial kind of causational problems that we uh, create for ourselves, that we, uh, that we organize for ourselves. So, you know, this is what we're coming out of. And then we're coming into newness we're coming into a state where we can nurture each other and ourselves and uh, and really prepare for uh the the polishing and and all the the things that have to happen before we shine our own light you know and and can really step into that so this is all like this first week of of cancer season is pretty wild and like you know it's it's non-stop it's non-stop like 
I'm going to I'm going away for the week. It's like every single day that week for my girlfriend's birthday, which is on the 25th. Like that entire week is literally just like boom, 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 boom. <laughs> like literally the entire time we're away. Like that's like we're we yeah we leave on the 23rd, which is Neptune retrograde, Jupiter conjunct Pluto, and then right on her birthday, Venus goes direct, and then. Uh, the day that we leave Mars <laughs> enters Aries and so all of that begins and that's going to be a long period for Mars and Aries by the way so so get used to that because uh, this is going to be some in your face energy that's going to be really stirring up the pot as well uh, in different ways than, than Venus has been though because uh, I feel like Venus has been stirring the shit on more of a social level where right, right. Mars will stir the shit more on a on an individual level and also on a how we you know, how we interact with the environment outside of ourselves, you know, because that, I mean, this is a lot of a lot of the energy around this. And I don't think we're going to be, you know, World War Three or anything. But this is a lot of warrior type of energy mm-hmm. that we're kind of being brought into, which uh, will be interesting to experience that during cancer season, uh, you know. Right, where everyone's allowing this emotional sense to... Yeah drive that sense of uh of emotional energy that energy in motion i mean with mars and aries especially with it going retrograde we might actually burn the united states down <laughs> to the ground you know and i don't want to say that in a bad way because the the highest vibration of mars and aries actually brings uh leaders it emerges leaders where we need leaders like right now we have a, a ton of influencers we have a ton of people who are uh being able to maybe direct attention here and there, but they're, they're not leaders. There's a fundamental difference between someone who leads and someone who influences someone. And I would say that the best parts of Mars and Aries is going to show us that we need those leaders. And, and show um, us who's those, who those leaders are. Because mm-hmm. one thing that's been kind of, you know, a lot of people have been complaining about the state of the world and how everything's seemingly going in a worse direction. But the reality is this has always been this is, we're just seeing what it is, really. You know, we're just beginning to see reality for what it is. And and that is some fucked up shit, right? That's some fucked up shit that we're, we're seeing. <laughs> and we're seeing it everywhere and, and manifested in many, many ways. And uh, we're all experiencing it in different ways. We all have different emotional polarities reacting mm-hmm. to all of these situations. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, what matters is who can rise, you know, during this time, because great leaders are not made in, in good times. <laughs> great leaders are made in not so good times uh, because that's when the the action of leading really goes to show that if you have been leading, then has it been in the right way? Has it been in a way that, you know, really uh, encourages growth and development and other people to become leaders and feel empowered? Or have you been leading in a not so efficient way? And then as the hard times come as those times come where we need to really uh, call upon our leaders to guide us, to show us where to go. Uh, you know, if, if those processes of those leaders, you know, is, uh, is not in reality really benefiting the populace, we're going to see that as well. So, you know, expect a lot of, uh, a lot of stuff to, to, to come out in regards to how people are handling this. Because this is where real leaders are are created. When people can main ta- main, uh, remain calm in, in times of crisis and not be wavered by the outer panic that uh, we experience, you know, in the outer world by watching the mainstream news or just listening to what everybody else and their fucking cousin is saying about <laughs> whatever issue is happening, you know. 
this kind of mass confusion is is that's not the 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 focus of a leader. The focus of a leader is solution oriented and uh, bringing people together and and creating a movement. And that's that's what real leaders do. So we're going to see that, uh, and we already are seeing that. You know, during this time, mm-hmm. a lot of people uh, are sharing things that they wouldn't normally share. There's a lot of people uh, leading in ways that they wouldn't normally lead because they know that they can step up to that. You know, and I've I've even myself over this last little while. You know, there are certain areas of your life where you you're being called into leadership and you can either accept the call or you can deny mm-hmm. the call and feel like shit, you know? So even if it's scary and even if it requires extra effort and work and, and there's a lot of trust involved, there's a lot of trust involved and there's a lot of uh, uh, extra thinking, a lot of extra brain power is, uh, is occupied as well. But I can tell you from experience, it's always worth it because when you step into those positions of, uh, of an opportunity for service, which is really an essential element of cancer here as well. Uh, when you can step into those roles, you know, step into that role of how can I nurture, how can I serve, how can I, you know, be the radiant light for for humanity and my niche and my my clients or my my audience or my friends, my fans, my my family, my soul fam. Like, you know, in what ways can you lead? In what ways are you being called to lead? And uh, and how can you begin at once? And I don't mean just talking about it. I mean, legitimately, you know, stepping up to the plate. It's time to bat, you know, you better mm. you better show us your skills now, you know. And that means learning new things, you know. That means learning new <laughs> things. That means, uh, you know, experiencing new things. And that means being immersed into discomfort. You think the baby wants to leave the womb? <laughs> Hell no, <laughs> you know. That's why most babies cry, you know. <laughs> so they're leaving the womb, and it's a it, that that in itself is part of the trauma that we all came here for, too. You know, to to learn how to how to let that go, you know, how to turn turn the back on the on the infinite just for a little while, and reconnect with that, you know, and and be be uh, be an individual expression of consciousness in that. It's an interesting thing to bring up when you think about the actual birthing process of when, you know, if you ask an astrologer, like, why is the natal chart important? They will usually tell you something similar along the lines of it's the moment that you separate yourself from the mother. Like when you basically cut the umbilical cord that you officially become your own entity. And that's the birthing process. And we have not seen a lot of leadership coming out of this because we've been, we've got the North Node in Gemini. We've been in Gemini season. We've had Venus in Gemini. We've had Mars in Pisces. Like there, there's so much mutable energy that's in the air that it's just chaos. It's just pure chaos. There's no real direction. And then we come into this season where we've got Cancer season, which is this cardinal flow coming out of it. By the way, we're still going to have the North Node in Gemini for the next two years. So the the idea of of new cycles being uplifted, if you want to go viral, this would be the time to go viral with the North (laughs) Node in Gemini, right? And so we have have Cancer season coming, and then we have Mars and Aries. And so we're going to shift from all of this mutable energy. Venus even goes direct. We go from this mutable energy into just cardinal energy. And that's going to bring a lot of people from just like sharing things to like really doing really impactful movement aspect things. Like even with some of the funds that we've, we've been raising money for, it's like, where are we actually, what are we doing with it? Why are we defunding the cops? Like what is some real practical 
applications for those things, I think we'll start to see some real movement in this cancer season as it comes up. We'll start to see some, uh, you know, of course, we'll, we'll have all these retrograde planets still, but I think that just gives us time to think about this. It gives us time to really uh, perceive before we just jump right in and act. Yep. And it turns up the volume quite a bit louder. Oh, it's going to be it's going to be super loud. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, uh, one thing I will say, though, in general is like, you know, cardinal signs. This is uh, this is your time to to shine, you know, for sure. This is this is it. You know, this is you've been feeling like, you know, you needed that extra push or, you, you know, needed that oomph. Well, when Venus goes direct in Gemini, we got uh, Mars in Aries and then that's a long Mars cycle and Mars is at home in Aries, you know, <laughs> so we're bringing in some of that that uh generation type of energy you know we're 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 creating you know it's like oh the power went out okay well start up the generator you know that's mars and aries it's like fueling that fire fueling the and and giving us that energy that we need to create and command our will in the various ways that we need in order to lead in the highest capacity and uh, and we're really going to see that during this season because there's a lot of people that and th- this is kind of what I, I'm, I'm predicting this season to kind of like come to is there's going to be a lot of people that are still in that fairy tale land of of fear and paranoia and all that and still coming out of that and still, you know, scared to leave their home and all that. Right. And then there's going to be other people who like there's no going back to normal. We already know this, right? We already know this. Like this is this year as every astrologer predicted, as many people predicted is going to be one of the most impactful years uh, of, of the state of humanity, you know, leading up to, to everything that's going on right now, you know, and it may not have, can we talk about that for a second in terms of evolutionary astrology of why it's so significant with this, even with Pluto and Saturn, uh, the conjunction of it. Yeah, I mean, like, this I, is this is the the reworking of like what we were talking about. Like, if you watched our astrology of twenty twenty uh, forecast, like it, this is the reworking. This is the reworking process. It's like you know, it doesn't. It's not a. Uh, it's not a thing that happens like so subtly and slow. It's like this is something that's like bam. You know, that's cardinal energy, Pluto and Saturn. So feeling this this deep transformative fire and this deep will to to create and to 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 bring change to you know uh collectively and and we're looking at authority here with capricorn themes we're looking Mm at uh government we're looking at like i said the church state uh even the 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 reworking of the economy in many ways you know i don't think that a whole lot is going to change even if we do start to phase out uh you know, uh, the regular fiat currencies, um, because everything's just going to go to, to, to crypto and, and it's all going to shift to that anyways. I don't think we'll ever fully get rid of cash and I don't think we'll ever get rid of like gold and stuff like that. But, uh, this is the, this is the beginning of the reworking process. You know, it's like in order to, to build a sword, you have to get it really hot (laughs) and you have to hit it a lot of times with a hammer you know you have to hit it a lot of times and uh and this is that process of like saturn and pluto coming together they're hitting it a lot of times you have to we're trying to crack it here we're trying to crack the foundation of our reality that's the collective's role in this generation 
We're cracking the very fabric of this all in order to let through what needs to be let through and in order to begin to reshape and recreate what needs to be recreated in a more sustainable and a more unified way. And so, you know, these these are the, the overarching themes throughout the next Saturn cycle, you know, the next 30 years plus, which, which is leading us into the age of Aquarius, like fully in, so... Right, right. This is like the the last little bit of it. But what I was really referring to, especially with evolutionary astrology, uh, is Stephen Forrest is amazing at this, but he, he was saying that back in the late 80s, so like 87, 88, 89, uh, both, all three of Saturn, Uranus, and Neptune were all in Capricorn. And if you look at most millennials' natal charts, or even into Gen Z's, you'll see that there's a, a, a Capricorn stellium between Uranus, Neptune, and Saturn. And so because of that, it's like all of us are born with seeds in us. And these seeds have been almost like, we almost have been like KGB sleepers. And this year, 2020, is saying, use your gift. Here's your gift. Look at it. Accept it. And in the next 20 years, because we, like, we have to, when we think about Saturn or Capricorn, we think about long cycles. And so for the next like 20 years, that awakening that's happening right now is going to birth that age of Aquarius that we're talking about, but it's going to do it by laying a, a new world of Capricorn. We can't survive in this old world of Capricorn, which is about personal wealth, which is about individualism. It, it's it's the lower sides of Capricorn, and we're detesting that as a, a large right now, and it's because Uranus and Neptune back in the 90s said, I have a new vision of the world, and that now we're seeing that in action right now. And that's why 2020 is one of the most fascinating years it's one of the reasons, like, I became activated to be an astrologer because of that sort of seed uh, in my own natal chart. And I think a lot of people are being called to things like astrology and being called to the metaphysical and being called to re-envision what we think society should be, how we should treat each other, how we should get along, how we should do business in the long term. And the systems that we have been running on, we've been chipping away at them and we've been getting rid of the, the kinks and the flaws and hopefully the the process is a continual version of rebirth down the line you know the, the these lunar eclipses that we've ex- been experiencing with uh capricorn and cancer have been destroying the foundation that's what capricorn and cancer are is that they are the foundation they're somewhat of like mother and father mm. father being the patriarchal yep. society that we live in and mother being m- maybe more or less the way that we individually experience it but I just wanted to throw that in there for anybody who doesn't understand the Capricorn in their chart or this access between Cancer and Capricorn that we're experiencing now. Yeah, for sure. No, and that was a that was a great way of saying it because, and when we look at these, not just nodal cycles, but nodal cycles play a big point in that because that is a big generational gap. You know, about eighteen years, like that's almost twenty years. That's a generational gap. You know, that's mm-hmm. a like people can. You know, I mean, not everyone has kids at 18 <laughs> years old now, but uh, but that's usually when that sort of process of the birthing of the next generation begins. So, you know, following these cycles uh, can help us in in many ways by by tracking that. But let's let's get into some of these transits and, and what's okay. going on here uh, through the through the rest of the season. So, as we've talked about the solar eclipse, and I have a full video on that, so make sure you go watch that. Uh, to help understand this type of access too. But um, the solar eclipse it, happening right here on the uh, the solstice, 
very, very, very important. This hasn't happened in a long time either, by the way. Uh, it's always been a couple days off or, uh, you know, a week off or whatever. So this is in itself a very extraordinary event because this is a summer, you know. So we, we, we begin the summer uh, through this solar eclipse, which is very, very potent. So uh, even though the sun is, is not necessarily, the sun's not, it's not happy nor uh, unhappy being in cancer, but, uh, but it is definitely relaying back and forth with the moon through the whole season. So we're going to find that uh, this season out of all of the seasons will be really connected to, to, the, to the lunar cycles. And so that, that means that, one, we have three cancer moons uh, in this season. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, cycle. So we have the the new moon, we have the full moon, and then we have another new moon in Cancer. So that's three uh, three lunar cycles uh, within this season, which is pretty wild because we have like a zero degree eclipse, <laughs> and we have like thirteen degree eclipse, and then we have a twenty eight degree new moon to just cap it off. And that's like the final. It's like <laughs> the the solar eclipse that like starts this is like like I was saying, you know, we're cleaning out the room, we're getting rid of the junk, we're getting rid of all that bullshit. Then we have the lunar eclipse on the 5th of July, right after the 4th of July, which is a, you know, and if you look at a America's <laughs> a NATO chart, you know, that's a 4th of July <laughs> this year is pretty wild too. So, uh they're having like their Pluto. Re- you guys are having your Pluto mm-hmm. return and everything. So yeah, that's yeah. a that's a big deal. But um, it's a huge deal. Yeah, and look at it. Look at it. It's like yeah. our cities are burning, <laughs> yeah. and like you know, yeah. like, there's a lot going on. Yeah, but if we look at the 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 eclipse cycles here, it's like solar eclipse illuminating what needs to change, what what is no longer a part of home to us. Okay. Lunar eclipse on the fifth. Okay. Now it's like, where's that, where's that emotional uh, barrier still? Because it's like, if we like giving the example of, let's say you have a lifestyle thing, you don't work out, you want to work out, right? In the beginning, you're going to have to, you have to make it a habit every day. You have to do it every day in order to keep up with that. And the moment that you stop doing it, you'll never, you'll never pick it up again. So you have to keep that consistency, right? So you start doing that consistency. And then about halfway through, it's no longer about, you know, oh, I don't want to get up anymore. You know, I don't feel like it. Uh, but rather, you start to have this emotional uh, correspondence. The emotions come up where you start to kind of feel like emotionally, like, you know, you, you question what you're doing. You question it because you're becoming something new. You're, beca- you're, ch- you're, you're changing the way that you were. So this uh, lunar eclipse that we will see uh, in the middle of the season here is like, this is really about, okay, where are the ties still? Where are the ties to us uh, being, you know, enveloped with who we have been, you know? And how can we say no, you know? How can we say no to a lot of things? And how can we really learn to say yes to the things that we really, really want, that are structurally sound, that will get us to our destination, you know? Uh, So, and then the, the final new moon is like, okay, well, like, now that that's out of the way, and it will be because I trust that every single person watching this or listening to this understands this and from that takes it and begins to do this type of work, right? Uh, so if all that's said and done, then we have the beautiful uh, new moon in Cancer, which is like, you know, really preparing us for for 
for the future. It's like setting that, like I said, that 18 year goal there now that like, this is like, that's the time where, you know, don't, don't do shit on solstice at this time of year and don't do anything on the fifth, but that new moon, then you can bring in that, those intentions Then you can bring in that vision. It's like, you can't see clearly. Like if you got mud all over your eyes <laughs> and you're trying to like say, well, I wish I could see this pretty picture right here. It's like, okay, well, step one, realize that you have mud on your eyes, covering your eyes. Step two, wash the damn mud off. Step three, open your eyes and then you're like oh wow there's the vision you know so and that's the that that process is is a lot of people go around walking around with fucking mud on their eyes and they're wondering (laughs) you know why they can't see straight so you gotta you gotta do that work though you have to go you have to follow through with that and that's the part with cardinal energy where it's like we're good at starting things but finishing them i always say fixed signs finish with cardinal signs start you know (laughs) because that's why fixed sign season comes after the cardinal season because we got these great ideas we got these great ideas let me tell you about it right it's like okay now we have to actually do those ideas we have to execute those ideas and we have to keep it consistently going to create something of momentum you know a seed doesn't grow in in in, you know five hours into a tree (laughs) there takes some time you know and that that all every step along that process is an important part it's not all the same there's different uh uh roles and there's different things that you must do in the beginning then what you do later on, but it's what you do in the beginning that allows you to do what you do <laughs> later on, you know? So the same thing goes when we're looking at our relationships, when we're looking at our, our, uh, our, our roles here, or, you know, who we're, who we're, how we're showing up for the world. The same thing goes. The, the beginning stages are always going to be different. It takes a lot. It's a, it's a different mindset and it's a different thought process and it's a different understanding about dynamics to, get into a relationship than it is to stay in a relationship, right? There's a different, you have to evolve. Because if you're just in that dating, you know, type of mindset and belief, it's like, well, stay dating, you know, don't get into a relationship. <laughs> because if that's what you think it's all about, it's not. When you get into a relationship, the dynamic changes and you begin to to evolve and you realize that there's there's a different role to play here than there was at first, right? It's similar, but it's it's different. And the same thing goes in all areas of life. If you're not growing, you're dying, you know? So there's always a, a, a place to go. And, you know, the, the ability to really reach from the depths of, um, you know, our, our deepest vision for ourselves we, will be really prevalent as to the path that we choose moving forward when we see this Gemini uh, Sagittarius nodal axis kind of come forth over the next two years. So if we're going with, you know, if we're not, connected to our inner vision that south node and sag we're not connected to that inner vision if we don't have that deep passionate connection to that that emotional connection to that vision then we are just going to go with whatever we're experiencing uh in the moment whatever seems right in the moment and we won't know if that's getting us to where uh it needs to be and that also opens us up to being overly susceptible to the mainstream thought, the mainstream narrative, which disconnects us from our own truth, disconnects us from our own vision. So, and that's what a lot of people do. They go around life. They don't have, they don't even have a real opinion. They don't even have a real opinion about what life is about and what life is for. They just accept, uh, well, it's this, you know, this is what this doctor says. You know, this is what this uh, physicist says. So yes, yeah. It's like, it's easier to just let someone do the thinking for you than it is to do the thinking yourself. So I, I think there's a real 
fascinating point to be made when you look at how cardinal signs get off track because they're all slightly different. You know, like you have an airy stellium, so you know that uh, that shiny object in the distance, right? Well, it's funny because it's different for Cancer than it is for Libra than it is, you know, for Capricorn. And for Cancer, the way that I get thrown off course so easily is that, like, I have all of the passion, all of the emotion to get started right now. Like, if I start making a song or something, like, I'll get so deep into it. But then... The next day, I have a different energy. The moon changes phases. And all of a sudden, that thing wasn't really rooted that deeply in an authentic passion, but more or less a momentary passion. And the same thing can be true with any kind of project that we start. So we need to be able to understand that we're going to be thrown off course. There is absolutely no doubt about it. And it means, like you said, with I liked how you described the, the deep Sagittarius vision, right? It's like a... Like a, especially with the South Node, because we have to be careful of following those those more karmic uh, paths that that are purposefully there to lead us off course. Like, mm-hmm. for example, especially falling behind an ideology that you haven't really thought out that well. Yeah. But with with all of the with all the cardinal signs, I think it's so interesting. I think more than we should study how they initiate, we should study more of how they get distracted and thrown off course. I think that's the more fascinating part of the the spectrum and this season we have to watch out for shiny objects and changing emotions from day to day i wouldn't say it's the most fascinating part because i feel like a lot of people <laughs> would avoid it because it's not that fascinating yeah but, well you know that's usually the best part is yeah. the stuff that we want to ignore no, right exactly like, yeah that's that shows us where we need to be looking and that's important so we have this solar eclipse like i said uh which we're still in the middle of pretty much you know this this energy here uh and then yeah then neptune heads retrograde and on the same day, we have that Jupiter-Pluto uh, conjunction in uh, Capricorn, and they're both retrograding uh, past each other. So that that's a lot of that's a lot of uh, shifts. You know, the Neptune retrograde we're not going to really feel right away, but we will mm-hmm. start to we will feel that that Jupiter-Pluto conjunction for sure, and that's where we're going to really see, uh, you know, like retrograde like i don't know i think the you know the market is going to do something pretty crazy i know we watch jupiter transits when you're looking at financials like collective transit stuff and anything aspecting pluto is like either like huge highs or big lows <laughs> you know so uh yeah that should be interesting so uh do you watch uh graham stefan uh he's like a financial guy on youtube graham, graham stefan no i don't uh, he he's been putting out some fascinating youtube videos he's like the fastest growing um like financial guru guy right now because he's just like he's kind of like the next Ty Lopez but he's been talking about this whole thing from the more financial world where we maybe talk from the more astrological world with the transits and all that mm-hmm. but uh it's very fascinating to me but one thing I want to say is I, I feel like I've been feeling the Neptune shadow period for this retrograde in the past like in th- 30 days or so like that where I feel like we're all a little bit distorted or disillusioned, like you would say, when it comes down to what we all see as reality. Like it, it's almost like we all see different layers or different shades oh, yeah. of of the veil of Maya that's in front of us. For some people, you know, you look right through it and you're like, well, you guys are just arguing over material reality. And then the other people might say, you know, like, well, the 3D world actually matters or or it actually has some i don't know i'm just saying like it seems like we're all on a different page right now and i feel like that would be the shadow period of this neptune retrograde and i feel like usually usually the outer planets the shadow periods are more 
intense than the actual retrograde itself. Do you feel that way or do you feel like the retrograde actually like hits? I think it, I think it depends like honestly on the, on the situation. Cause like in this, uh, Venus retrograde example, like the Venus, the, the shadow to that was definitely big. Like that was a, mm -hmm. like there was a lot of build up there, but the real shit happened once Venus went retrograde. So then, mm -hmm. then, you know, we had that square with Neptune and we'll get another, the final square, uh, with Neptune happening, I think in Leo season, like just in the beginning of Leo season, mm -hmm. like on the 23rd of July. Uh, so that's, you know, that's where all this is, is coming from. And then also when we look at the, you know, Venus in Gemini and the sun in Gemini, uh, that was just like, you know, what, well, who do we listen to? You know, like who, who like, and the, I, we saw that, you know, in the, in the media where like every single day, the news was saying something different, you know, it was saying mm -hmm. like, this is right. And then that is right. And then this is right. And then blah, blah, blah. And, and then Corona is over. And yeah. <laughs> and then, and then, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like, no, 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 you cannot go, you cannot be near each other. And then people started protesting and then they're like, well, you can be near each other, but you know, so all of this is is really expressing the the mass confusion that we we can experience and a lot of that does have to do with the neptune aspect of how we're perceiving our own individual reality but then the social aspect being the venus retrograde that's that type of energy where we're really looking at it from a uh, you know well what's the mainstream doing you know i trust these people so uh you know i trust what they say and that's the that's the challenging part cuz when you have a if, when you don't have a grounded sense of what the truth or what the reality is within your own kind of ideas, you don't even question that. Uh, how do you know what you're listening to is, is correct? You don't. You have nothing to compare it to. You're just accepting it as face value. That sounds good. Okay, I'll check. Sounds good. You know, a lot of people are doing that. And that creates more confusion because when all said and done, when, you know, this shit blows over, we're going to realize <laughs> a lot, a lot, if not all of it, it was bullshit, you know? So uh, that's the problem. When you stick to a mainstream narrative or you stick to a narrative that is outside of yourself, you open up. There's a higher risk that that's going to be false. And then are you are you mature enough to accept that? Or are you going to create cognitive dissonance and say, oh, no, 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 <laughs> I'd rather not even think about it. You know, it's like, okay, well, you know, stay that way then <laughs> you know so yeah i i think the this neptune retrograde will just kind of amplify uh this kind of dreaminess a little bit but with and it was really it got really bad when neptune was conjunct mars and that type of that oh yeah like, so that was like the real kind of hype of it that was like the peak of that kind of dystopian weird confusion type of you know energy uh but now as Mars is entering Aries, Venus is heading direct, uh, when Mercury uh, heads direct towards the end of the season, like, you know, things start to, you know, clear up on a social level. But then it's really mm. like, well, you know, that Mars heads retrograde uh, in the fall. And then that's when it like, we need to generate that personal power. We need to generate that personal energy and say, in what ways are we distributing that in a, in a, a way that is helping and serving and in what ways are we doing that that's in a destructive way you know it's like where are you using that energy are you using that aggressive energy to go out and conquer the world and get all the things that you want and 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 do all the things that you want and do good in the world and create something of of real lasting sustaining value or are you using that energy to combat people are you using that energy to argue are you using that energy to go to war with different opposing beliefs and stuff so 
that's another kind of you know be be weary of those types of thoughts even mm. pre and when Mar, uh, Mars shadow period you know uh, so that that's you know those are important realizations to have and then that Jupiter Pluto conjunction right at the beginning on the twenty uh, third that's like you know uh, how can we recognize okay let's look at the state of the system here state of the system right it's no longer working so. It doesn't mean that we need to completely get rid of the system, by the way. And a lot of people think that's the only alternative. <laughs> and that's <laughs> not the only alternative. You know, might as well blow everyone up with nuclear bombs if you want to. That's do that. that all or nothing yeah. of the mutable yeah. signs, you know. Yeah, and exactly. it's like it's, that's the it's illusion. not an all or nothing. That's the yeah, it's not an all or nothing. And what I, I just want to add this: I think it's really fascinating that the subject that we're really centering ourselves around is like a subject like racism, which is a very Neptunian idea, because it's like. We're addressing unconscious biases. We're addressing the subliminal. We're addressing, you know, to call someone racist is, it's a bold claim to say I can see what you think and I know how you feel. It's like, yeah. it's a very Neptunian illusion to to just go around calling people racist and to, you know, to have these um, paradigms where we just like, we can just like put our beliefs on other people. So I just want to throw that in there, but. Yeah, for sure. Um, for sure. And I think that's also this agitation of, you know, Pluto and the whole Saturn-Pluto conjunction too is just agitating, stoking the fire. And then we have this dualistic social element with Venus retrograde in Gemini. And it just is like, you know, tops, it's like the cherry on top, you know, <laughs> for all yeah. these issues. So yeah, and then Venus heads direct on the 25th, which is my girlfriend's birthday. And uh, mm. yeah, but I looked at her solar return chart. She still has Venus retrograde. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so oh, no. so it's like within a few hours yeah, or something. Yeah, literally within a few yeah. hours. Uh so yeah, uh, Venus heading direct. It'll be nice. It'll be nice. Uh, things will level out the 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 mass kind of social changes. Uh, it's not going away, so don't expect it all just to disappear. But it is going to be integrated more, where it you know just mm-hmm. becomes the you know like realistically the revolution is not going to be televised, and uh, and we're seeing that already now because what's televised is what we're designed or programmed or allowed to to see and what is actually going on is a lot deeper than that it's a lot uh, more behind the scenes of what uh, we're currently seeing as our reality of the world or at least if you're tapping into that reality because i could tell you once you you once you unplug from that a bit you know you kind of can see the macro of where this is all going and it's 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 in a good direction you know at the end of the day it's quite reassuring, actually, to look at the astrology and to look at what's going on in the world because it's amazing that we actually are making these very deep changes while we're in these retrograde seasons. Like people always fear retrograde seasons because they, I, guess, I suppose, they fear that they might look like this in the external world. You know, people are like cancel twenty twenty, but I want more of that. I like, I like the the conversation that we're actually having because we're able to get down to those levels. And that's where the appreciation, like now that we've put our message out there and when Venus goes direct, it'll be more or less that we have all gone through that period. And it's like once we integrate that, it's like you can't go back to the same toxic ex once you've learned your lesson. You know, like you got to go to a new person and learn another lesson. And so I'm really looking forward to the union that we can really find again uh, after this first week of cancer, honestly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And that's like, like I said, the first week is going to be the most, uh, most intense and honestly pretty much right up until that last eclipse. So uh, 
you know, after that, it's a little bit more dreamy. Things start to get more organized. And then we have the beautiful new moon in Cancer towards the end there. Uh, but yeah, leading up to that, like I said, we have that Neptune retrograde on the 23rd. Then on the 25th, Venus uh, heads direct. And then on the 27th, Mars heads into Aries. Okay. So Mars entering Aries, it's going to be a long cycle. Like it's, it's, it's almost it's like for the rest months. of the, yeah. almost for yeah. the rest of the year. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, that's, I mean, I'm looking forward to that. Obviously as an Aries, you know, Mars going through my second house. I'm, I'm ready for that, you know, but, um, <laughs> but in general, this generational type of energy, this energy where we're going to be given a lot more momentum, we're going to be given a lot more, uh, uh, just, heightened energy to to be able to put into uh whatever we want and you get to decide are you going to put that into conflicts are you going to put that into uh creating more divide are you going to put that into more agitation are you going to put that into more you know a a deeper focus on your enemies or are you going to put that into (laughs) you know creating dope ass shit in this world are are you going to put that into creating a your your empire are you going to put that into creating a a a passionate relationship are you going to put that energy into creating uh you know all those creative projects that you said that you're going to do but you never ended up doing you know so all of these things are are important, but using this energy is what is most important because it's like well, all how this do you, is how do you how do you turn your aggressive energy into productive energy? Like you personally, me personally. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I mean, when... well, first and foremost, sex, and then mm-hmm. also after, I would say after sex is uh, making sure that I, I have a. I'm spending time on my creative outlet. You know, if I don't have that, that creative response, uh, or I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not generating as much creative energy as I can. Then I like actively will go out and, and do something. Cause anytime I get frustrated or I have that immense aggression, sometimes you just got to feel that and I like it. And I just mm-hmm. like sit there and like, Oh, yeah, yeah. I have the power, <laughs> you know, like you feel so powerful with anger, uh, which, and anger has so much power, you know, and that's what we were seeing that in the world too, you know, the power mm-hmm. of anger. So, uh, utilizing that in a creative way, you know, it's like, okay, you're angry about that. Let's do something about it, buddy. <laughs> you know, instead of just sitting there going, you know getting red in the face and people are like freaking out like what's going on what's going on? <laughs> this guy looks like he's gonna you know pop a blood vessel what's going on uh and it's you know anger frustration all these things happen when we're so fed up with with our life and where we're at and what we're seeing and what we're seeing in the world you know and that's when real anger comes out and that anger can be directed in a in a way that is not really helping you and that can be directed in a way that does help you anger directed in a way that helps you shows you clearly what you don't want so then you can say okay well what is it that i want and i really fucking want it you know i want it want it real bad and uh and then or you can say i fucking hate all this shit let's riot let's fucking pillage and loot and you know get get some rolexes you know let's go steal some rolexes and go to the apple store and, and get some fucking ipads and shit you know that's like okay you know it's like it's like do you want to go back to barbarian times or do you want to actually progress in the future <laughs> in a way that actually lets you, you know, feel like we're we're coming together as a society here and not just battling and beating the shit out of each other uh, like we seem to be doing, you know? So, <laughs> yeah. It's, right. It, and it's like, you know, if you're like, I grew up playing like video games. And so whenever I used to grow up and I would like die or lose in the game, I would just like rage and like throw my controller or like hit my monitor or something. And, and 
that never ever ever once was like oh that was a great decision like that <laughs> i was never once like oh i needed a new monitor i needed a new controller you know it's like that anger when it's not checked is something that is a form of self-undoing in a lot of ways and so the only thing anger should be used for as far as i'm concerned is is being that primal self and pushing it forward and that's what i think mars and aries retrograde is going to teach Hell us yeah. all like where are we not like where are push! we not getting that we gotta yeah, it's push like, <laughs> <laughs> like we, we like so many people and this has been a big thing because i've i've been like feeling this you know First of all, I've been feeling fucking Mars getting the hell out of my first house, conjunct Neptune, okay? Yeah, facts. And then moving, I'm like, like I can feel my second house like, yes, <laughs> precious. <laughs> but, um, but so uh, th- this idea that if you want things to happen, if you want things to change, if you want, you know, all this, uh, this shit that's going on in the world, you want, you want change, you want real change, you want lasting change. A keyboard warrior is not going to do anything. Okay? Be a little... Ah, fuck the system. Oh, gotta, gotta get my Mountain Dew. Oh, you know, fuck the system. Like, that does nothing. That does nothing. And talking about it, okay, like, oh, you know, one day I'm going to be richer. One day I'm going to be a mm-hmm. billionaire, you know? Sure, yeah, yeah. But, uh... But God, have you seen that... Uh, have you seen that new show on Netflix, you know? Have you seen that new show? It's like, okay... Here's the thing, and this is what Mars and Aries teaches us. If you want to create change, you want to create lasting change, you want to create real fucking momentum towards the things that you want, you have to push. And you have to use that those intense emotions to propel you forward. Because the thing is, you can either use negative emotions to propel you forward, or you can use highly, highly positive emotions. Those middle emotions like boredom and shit, nothing gets done when you're in that state. That's the worst state to be in. It's like, I could do that. You know, <laughs> I got these things on my list, but it's a big list. And, you know, I don't want to really do that today. I'll hit the snooze button. You know, all these things. It's like, no, no, no. Mars and Aries, that shows us, like, we can either be really fucking mad that we go and then we just go and, 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 and create a real change because of that. Or we get real excited because, like, the passion is, like, seeming through us. And, and, and then we go through it through that way. So either way, you know, like, you know. There's many people in the world that use their immense hatred and anger and they're extremely successful because of that. And there's many people in the Mm. world that use their extreme passion and excitement and they're extremely successful because of that. So the key is powerful emotions because those polarized emotions are really what gets shit going. It's not, I could do it today or I could do it tomorrow or I could do it one day, you know, or I could just stay here and, and wonder like, huh, huh, you know, I've been... I've been manifesting money, but no one's dropped a big bag of cash on my doorstep yet. I wonder what the hell's going on, you know? <laughs> I wonder. I wonder. Hmm. There must, uh, the universe must be broken or something, you know? It's like, you want, you want to do shit, then do shit. And this is not that energy. Even Mars retrograde, like, that's not, to me, that's not Mars saying, I'm going to chill out now. You know, I'm going to go yeah, back inward. <laughs> no, no, no. Mars saying, let's crank it up a notch, you know, like it's like yeah. it's like we're we're on like we're on like low heat right now, you know, Mars is in Pisces. We're on like really low heat. Fire hasn't even turned on. And then Mars goes into Aries and it's like, oh yeah, here we go. You know, the starting point, you know, in the barbecue. Then you like you're cranking up that dial, you're cranking up that dial, Mars is getting in, dialing in, boom, hits a square with Chiron, you know, boom. And then 
Oh, 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 what happens? What happens? Retrograde motion. Now it's like, we're going on supercharged, you know, increase the fire, increase the fire. <laughs> you better get ready. You know, you leave anything in that too long, it's going to burn, you know, so you got to keep that momentum going. You got to do something with that fuel because otherwise you're going to burn and, and it's not going to be a pretty sight. It's not going to be a pretty sight because Mars and Aries will fuck your day up. But it'll also bring immense power and immense will and immense passion to the right areas if you can can work with it. You know, if you dance with it. If you if you're not dancing with it, it's like, you know, it's like walking on hot hot coals. It's like wa- walking on hot coals, you're not standing there. <laughs> you're not just standing on that. You're gonna burn the shit out of your feet. But there's people that walk across hot coals, no burn marks on their feet. I wonder why. They're moving, right? So we have to move this energy. This is the energy of momentum. This whole Gemini season, all this Venus retrograde bullshit, all that, it's the it's the mental preparation. And we need mental preparation, you know? But at the end of the day, nothing replaces action. Nothing replaces action. We have to go and do it. We have to go and experience it. We have to go and create it. We have to go and bring that energy uh, forward, you know? So Mars enters Aries. Saturn retrogrades back into Capricorn, uh, where it'll be mm-hmm. till the end of the year again. Uh, and then we have the uh, the lovely lunar eclipse, which, as we talked about, uh, is the final eclipse of, of Cancer and Capricorn. Hara hara hara! It's over. I'm so I'm ready to feel stable, secure. Confident. Well, that's the joke. Is is now we're getting into Sagittarius and Gemini eclipses, where it's going to be mm-hmm. more unstable than we've ever see, seen in our life. <laughs> uh, you know. So yeah, yeah it'll be nice. The uh, Taurus Scorpio. Uh, uh, eclipses that will happen uh, in about two, 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 three years will uh, will be a little bit more, a little bit more ground, a little bit more stable, a little bit more rooted. That's when we will see the the full integration of that. But this time is about is about like I said, holding on to that deep inner vision. That's that Sagittarian South Node, and then progressing towards that that higher vision. So this final lunar eclipse is like like it's like cutting the final cords. It's like that. That's the we're bringing in so much self-discipline here because in order to change, you know, the, the, the state of the world, we have to have more discipline uh, to how we are reacting and responding to the world. Because if we're continuing to just react to whatever the hell's thrown at us, we are always letting someone else dictate uh, who's in control versus when we are able to be centered and, and fully, uh, illumined in our own in our own way when we can really connect with the deep essence of who we are that solidity that's what creates change and that's what creates momentum and that's what creates control that's where you take back control and uh and that's that's power that's real power you know so power to the people yeah but guess what that means not reacting (laughs) can you do that can you do that guys can you not react to everything the news says? Can you not react to CNN? Can you not react to whatever the fuck Donald Trump tweets? Or can you not react to what fucking some, you know, crazy individual is saying now, you know? Can you do that? It seems challenging in this day and age. It seems like common sense, you know, but it seems fucking challenging because we're hit with every angle. Never in history. Mm-hmm has every single individual, regardless of class, race, gender, fucking sexuality, never in history has every single person had a platform to express themselves to the world, to the world. In seconds. In seconds. 
in real time like we're doing right now yeah. for those who are tuning in live <laughs> you know so so yeah like for real the the, the power that that we wield is incomprehensible you really don't get it and you won't ever really get it and that's okay but you got to understand at least a little bit of that right you got to understand at least a little bit of that so yeah this lunar eclipse it's like the the we're we're it's the chopping block it is the chopping block of all that emotional thing that's that we're we're clamping the umbilical cord to that shit you know and and you want to look at where that is look at capricorn cancer axis right like for me I've got cancer. My moon is in the fifth house. Cancer is in the fifth house. And I have uh, my uh, Capricorn house is the 11th house. So I have this axis for me is occurring in how I'm directing my creative and sexual energy. And also in what, like in what areas is my network and is my circle uh, supporting my growth and supporting my progression. Like I, I, I can tell you now, I can tell you now the shit that I've been sharing recently and, uh, and what I've been saying you know, a lot of people that I thought were friends and were really cool and we're on the same page. No siree. No way. Absolutely not. And it's kind of mind-blowing. I was talking about this the other day to a friend where we were saying, like, the people that we thought would be, like, totally, like, what the fuck, you know, this whole corona and all this shit would be like, what the, you know, fuck this shit, it's all a lot of shit. They're the freaking out the most. These And these are our spiritual friends and all that, too. So that, that was the kind of funniest part. And then, on the other half, the people that you'd think, you know, would be more concerned because they watch the news or whatever, they're just like, eh, it's uh, whatever, <laughs> you know, like whatever. Like the other day, my, I was talking to my dad and my dad's telling me about Bill Gates and all this shit and how fucked up all that is. I'm like, dad's been doing his research, you know, like, so <laughs> like people that are like, you know, talking about this are not <laughs> who you expect. But that's the amazing part because this is where you like all the false light is being brought to the surface. And that's why it looks really dark. Because what we've been, what we thought has been supporting the light and and keeping this the what the the vision you know bright, it's it's an illusion, you know. And so now it's almost like, you know, when like for example, I, we Brent and I both have good lighting, so that you can see our faces and we look good, and our green screens work effectively. But as soon as I turn that off, everything goes dark, you know. It doesn't mean that there's no lights on. Everything just looks very dark because I'm not blaring that LED. But that's not real light, you know. That's not real light. That's that's the example of these individuals and organizations and 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 uh, establishments and and movements that are representing this type of false light. Is it gives us this illusion that everything's bright, and then as soon as you kind of step away from that, you know, it's like oh, everything's darker. <laughs> it's like yeah, everything's darker. But guess what? That was not real. So everything's always been darker, and now it's time to bring up that light from like the real, you know, the realness, and that's like. These are the roots that we're bringing forth, you know, during this season. So, don't you love how literal the astrology is for what's going on? You know, like when we see the nodal axis in Capricorn, it's like in Capricorn, you can't make this shit Saturn, Saturn ruled. Yeah, it's like it's it's amazing when you look at astrology and then you look at the the literalness of such simple like Capricorn rules government, and then all of a sudden we see the karma, the south node of Capricorn exposing these people that are ruling the government yeah and astrology doesn't have to be that complicated it doesn't have to be difficult it's something that it's just the study of relationships that that we see play out and yeah damn if it's not literal exactly (laughs) exactly no yeah man it's uh it's wild and then we have mercury head direct on the 12th july Mm -hmm. so we still got 
just less than two weeks uh, without that Mercury uh, retrograde. So, you know, Venus is no longer retrograde. Mars is not retrograde. Like all those inner planets, you know, we're good. And the eclipses are done after that point. So that's where we have time to kind of like recollect and get everything like, okay, you know, now that all, all that shit, it doesn't mean that the outer world is not still, you know, being transformed in wild ways because that's still going on. That's not ever really going to stop. But uh, what matters is the inner world. It's the, it will, things will start to feel less chaotic pretty much by the middle of, of July. Like that's when things will start to feel less chaotic. And, uh, and then, yeah, like, like I said, you know, we got that final new moon in Cancer on the 20th, which is very nice. Very that's nice. solar return. Yes, that's right. So, yeah. And uh, the day after, too, we have uh, right before Leo season. So I bet you you probably have it on your on your solar return. But I, Mercury, I just looked at it today. Mercury <laughs> square Chiron on the mm. 21st. The, like It's like 29 degrees Cancer. It, yeah, it's, uh, it's basically like that in my natal chart, too. It's a little bit off, but yeah. I'm used well, to this it. Will be like Both of these signs. Degree, I have, like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is interesting too, because Mars is going to, as soon as it enters Aries, it's going to be making conjunctions to both Chiron and Lilith, which are both, both, both Chiron and Lilith are asteroids that lift the veil between like, for example, how we use sexual energy as Lilith and people can use sexual energy to manifest, you know, satanic shit like, these people are doing or you can use Lilith to connect closer to the divine or you know use it whatever you want to use it for Chiron is an astrologer and Mars is going to be making conjunctions to an astrologer placement so um basically I'm just saying like there's going to be a lot of of real occult knowledge coming in and it's probably going to be through the the people who stand out as leaders if anything because people who can take that Chiron energy and the Lilith energy and wield it those are the most powerful people that you'll ever meet because those are fundamentally things that take a long period of time to learn and master straight up. So straight up. So, I mean, we're, we're kind of wrapping it up here, but what are like your thoughts on that final new moon? Um, I think for me, the final new moon, it's interesting because new moons usually are like in the next sign of the season coming up. Like we'd expect a new moon in Leo. Mm -hmm. But I think it's a, it's interesting. I feel like first we get this rebirth period. We get a little bit of time to look at our foundations, look at our settings, look at our uh, environment. And then we go through the full moon cycle. So we're going to figure this stuff out. And then we get a real shot to make the change. I think this is what you were saying earlier, but that's this is how I see it is just that it it's like a amplified boost. I don't feel like this new moon that we're about to enter uh, at zero degrees, I really don't feel like that new moon is supposed to be for anything other than just releasing this um this paradigm that we've been sort of stuck in for so long with all these retrogrades i don't really feel like because usually on a new moon you would want to you know manifest something or ask the universe for something or set some intentions for some growth but in reality I, all i've been thinking about is just how i can release but that next new moon i'm going to be thinking about how i can like put projects in, into motion that are filled with emotion and so within that like i want to make sure that the projects i start are not just projects that i'm starting because i'm bored or starting because i think that people will like them or starting because um it brings me temporary satisfaction but rather i'm i'm really looking for 
really more or less the Capricorn side of this, which is going to be the uh, the long term cycles of things. I feel that. Yeah, I feel that for sure. And then, uh, yeah, so that final new moon and Mercury square Chiron kind of caps it off, which is just really giving us a like we talked about the new moon, but Mercury square Chiron just means we're we're being given an insight into, you know, in what ways do we still perhaps have the you know maybe there's still that residual uh you know trauma or uh or those kind of really anchored beliefs those reinforced beliefs that we're still trying to you know get kind of really you know clear off you know and get 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 rid of get it get out of that that those patterns those cycles and that that's really going to allow us to have that kind of final recollection of that because that's what's being illuminated during this solar eclipse right now and then we also have the lunar eclipse which is you know that's like i said that's the final chopping block of like okay this is what needs to go okay it's like solar eclipse is like what is wrong let's look at what's wrong let's look at what's not working let's look at the areas in which we could be more efficient with our energy let's look at the areas in which we can be more efficient in how we uh you know have a better relationship with ourselves or others and uh and then okay well what needs to change you know what needs to change in order for that to happen and that's that lunar eclipse is like these are the things that need to change these are the things that need to need to say bye to you know we need to put like all greatness requires sacrifice of some sort you know you say you when you say yes to something you say no to many things you know so those mm-hmm. choices it's like you want this you really want this? Okay, well, this is what it takes. You know, it takes you uh, cutting out the habits, behaviors that are inconducive with, uh, you know, your 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 true self and 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 everything that you embody, right? So that's where you're going, though, and that's what matters is is where we're going because where we've been doesn't fucking matter, right? What matters is who you are, who you identify as, who you believe you are, and. Uh, and are you embodying the the fullest expression of that in this moment? And if the answer is yes, great. <laughs> if the answer is no, what needs to change? You know. Yeah, that's beautiful. All right, is there anything else that we should talk about that we should bring up before we conclude this? Uh, before we conclude this, I mean, I think uh, I think we went pretty in depth with the micro and the macro there. Um. Well let's let's do something a little fun what is the uh okay so so you know between brent and i we make up cancer sun moon and rising right so if you were to to just give like a little uh little brief uh statement just from let's say just from the cancer sun Mm -hmm. what would that be okay well first of all my my cancer sun's in the 12th house at like 27 degrees 45 hour minutes. I, <laughs> I just happen to know that. But uh, for me, especially being that close to the 29 degree rising, I have learned throughout my life that I am not everything is going to be given to me. It's going to be not everything is going to be presented to me on a silver platter. And the lower side of me can get upset with that, especially my Leo moon. But the sun has taught me that for me to be happy in this lifetime, I have to fundamentally listen. You know, with my Leo moon, it's difficult for me to listen sometimes. And what I mean is not listen, not listening to other people. I mean listening to how I truly, genuinely feel. And to do that, 
takes an incredible amount of discernment. For me, it takes studying the astrology, it takes studying the moon cycles. I didn't really understand myself until I really got connected with moon cycles and I started to see how deeply they were influencing my life. And what I would really say is that the more that I tap into nurturing people, not not enabling people, but nurturing people, being of service in a sense that when other people's are emotion, other people's emotions are coming out, mine don't have to come out. Mine don't have to come to the very surface. Mm. And understanding that, yes, my emotions are not my weakness, but they can be. They can be my weakness if I allow them to be. Right. Cancer has taught me that emotional in, emotional intelligence is not throwing emotions away, but it's actually diving into them. You have to dive in to swim. And because of that, I have learned how to do things like accept that I'm crying, accept how to release crying. We don't get taught this in society, and especially for my 12th house. Like Growing up, nobody was like, you know, hey, you need to purge your emotions. Yeah. So for me, discovering that has been the greatest liberation to my consciousness. It has given me the freedom to be able to learn how to connect instead of learning how to attach. So fundamentally, that's sort of what I'll say about cancer is that it, it allows me to connect. How would your, how would your moon react to that? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I would say, um, you know, that's a very cancerian quality. And I think that, that, that desire to connect comes from like what we were talking about at the beginning, you know, like just feeling, feeling that deep motherly connection, whether that's through God or whether that's through your religious practice or your your spiritual practice or whether that's through your relationship or whatever, you know, it's like that, that feeling of connectedness, that feeling of, you know, Oh, I'm a part of something. I'm a part of that, that something, something beyond myself. I think as a cancer moon, like that's, that's been something that's very, that's always been very important to me is, is, you know, how can I, be a part of something. And if, if I'm not a part of something, how can I create something that I can bring people to, you know, be a part of? And that's what I had to do. And that's like my kind of Aries nature too. And Pisces rising, like, uh, okay, well, you know, I didn't have quite the, the fam, like I have an amazing family. I have a huge family, but I didn't have the, the type of dynamic that I, that I really like craved on a soul level. So I had to create that for myself, you know, and then I created my brand and I did all the things I need to do to, to create that community of people that I now know and connect with on a daily basis. And so that feeling of connection is on a, on a deep, like, you know, emotional level is very important for me. Cause that's like, that's the network, you know, that's also that, uh, kind of like Capricorn access to my Capricorn, mm-hmm. I have Neptune thinking, in the yeah. 11th house, 29 degrees, uh, square Chiron <laughs> and uh <laughs> and yeah like that that that's like that network too like there's a, such an importance of having that grounded stable uh network that that you know that support kind of to to do all the crazy things that I do you know mm-hmm. I wouldn't be able to do all the crazy things that I do without that that network and that support you know I would still do them but I it, it would it would look very different you know so uh for me it's always about getting that 
that feeling of home, getting that structure. Like, what do I need to be stable? And like always clarifying that because that's always changing and I realize that. And that's something that like if I keep it the same, then I get stagnant. That's that cancer, you know, moon, the karmic kind of quality of that. Like, okay, mm. you, if you keep things the same, even your definition of home, even your definition of comfort, even your definition of those things, because that can change and it, it will change. Uh, so if you keep it as like, it's this one thing, right? It's this one place. It's this one situation. It's this one scenario. It's like, well, you're going to you're gonna be the hermit kind of like peeking up like, what's going on out there, guys? You know, because you don't really know. So, but when you can create that and always be open to changing that and always, you know, it's probably, I've also have, you know, uh, my fourth house is Gemini, my IC is Gemini. So the foundation of what, like what I see as stability always needs to be, you know, changing and moving and, and growing. And if it's not, then mentally I feel like I'm, I'm dying, you know, and emotionally it feels, uh, it feels limiting. So as a, as an advice to other cancer moons and other cancer placements out there, like when you give yourself permission to redefine, you know, what home is always and always give yourself permission to, to, to find that out there. You know, that's the thing with cardinal signs. It's like the hardest thing is maintaining that, that momentum and that energy. But when you can get over that, which we learn through fixed signs, you know, uh, when you can just commit to that and commit to the fact that it's not, even if you start something, you know, let's say you start a new project or you start a new relationship or whatever, like you don't know how it's going to end up. You don't know, you know, but you're taking a risk in doing that. Why? Because it feels good. You know, it feels good to take that risk. It feels good uh, to, to get the rewards of that experience of doing that, you know, because you do it because it feels good. So the same thing goes uh, with your definition of home, with your definition of relationships, with, uh, with the, the structure and how that all looks. Um, it comes down to, you know, always being okay with, uh, with evolving that and, and realizing that if you're not evolving that, then you're creating resistance, you're creating stagnation. And, and ultimately, um, that's not helping you. That's not benefiting you in any way. Right. So, so yeah, that, you know, it's a blessing for sure. And it's, uh, it's a lot, it's a lot to handle, you know, emotionally, but, uh, it's, that's part of the gift, you know, being able to relate to people on a very, very deep emotional level uh, and understand people and empathize with people in that way allows me to be amazing at what I do. You know, it allows me to be who I am and, and uh, also, you know, express myself in, in through that, which is always important to me mm-hmm. too. Like having that outlet to be able to express that creative, you know, energy, very, very important. If I don't, it's like, oh, you know, things start to back up, get frustrated, get frustrated in this area, get frustrated in that area, get frustrated, you know. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's always about that momentum. It's like, you know, when you have that first initial vision, the thing that excites you to get out of bed every morning is starting that vision. But then when you start it, that's not the thing that excites you anymore because you already started it. So it's like you have to shift that focus to like the next step and then the next step and then the next step. And that's like that cardinal energy. So it is always a new step, but you still, it's like, you know, you could take one step here and then go back down or you can take one step and then the next step and then the next step and then the next step. And then you may get to the top and get bored and you're like, do I really want to go all the way up? It's like, I mean, you don't have to, but like if you already went this way <laughs> you're going you're going to have to go back down anyways you might as well get to the top and see what's up there you know so and and you know when when cardinal signs in general cancers aries libras capricorns when we can just keep that momentum going that's when real magic happens you know so cultivate that magic this season that's very very important and uh, you do that by being aware of what's working being aware of what's not working and 
making uh, an effort to go out of your way to change what is not working and uh, and create something better. Especially because it gets you out of the comfort zone. Totally. The comfort zone is the, the, the place where cancers go to die. Yes. <laughs> and that that's one of the reasons why identifying the lunar cycles sort of gave me permission to ebb and flow, which is sort of a fixated kind of thing to, to say that I'll, I will align with the way the moon works is that's sort of how I keep in intact with what I want to do continually. Totally. It, it's, it's quite a beautiful thing to be able to, it's like whenever the the moon's in any kind of phase or any kind of sign, I really am given permission to explore different parts of my chart to make sure that I'm keeping myself in check to make sure that I am dealing with the things that I need to deal with as well as just making things interesting. But I think fundamentally we have a good foundation for what we describe cancer as. And it's always really helpful to do these podcasts with you because I always leave these podcasts with such a refreshing sense of understanding about what these signs mean. Uh, Every time it's just another layer deeper. And, and I will say this, this is uh, our one year anniversary, right? For, for a mindful moment in terms of us collaborating. So exactly. Yeah. This is a, yeah. One year of doing the monthly forecasts. We started cancer season last year. So, Hey, you know, that, that just goes to show you know, when you keep it consistent, uh, you do make a lot of progress. <laughs> Damn. And we started it in a Cardinal season yeah. of what we're talking about. We're living yeah, it. We're living it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, I appreciate everyone who tuned in live and I appreciate uh, you, Brent, for joining me again on the monthly forecast and to everyone listening, not live. Thanks for, uh, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for supporting the podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure you like and subscribe. If you're watching this on uh, Spotify or Apple Podcasts, make sure you click the like button, follow button. You know how to do it. Download all that good stuff. Leave a a review if you really appreciate uh, the podcast. Love you guys. And uh, yeah, if you want to check out other episodes, find us on Spotify at A Mindful Moment Podcast. You can go to my website, imwillnichols.com slash podcast, and you'll see the uh, most recent um, video always updated there as well as uh, all our other podcasts. So have a good one, and uh, we will see you next season for Leo season. (laughs) Hey.